Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Equipped Brews Tired podcast. I'm your one of your hosts, Bryce Krawcheck, and I'm here with the other one of your hosts, Mr. Ryan Stinn. Ryan, how you doing, man? Good, good. Yeah. Um, beautiful day here, finally. Finally got some warmth. It's been pretty pretty cool here the last week or so, so nice mm. to see the sun shining and good day outside, and I'm inside, so I guess, I don't know. <laughs> my, my, pale complexion, my pale complexion keeps me indoors when the sun comes out, so... <laughs> And when the refrigerator door opens and, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, yeah, man. Honestly, like the the mosquitoes, are, that's like my main gripe right now is the <laughs> fact that just the mosquito, like it's been raining for on and off a lot for probably two weeks now. And you just like I take the dog outside to go to the bathroom for like two minutes and I'm just devoured. I don't know if uh, my my body's putting off a little more heat. If there's anything to do with that, I've heard some um what's yeah. the word like urban <laughs> urban legends i'm, urban I'm the myths. guy i'm the guy that the mosquitoes come after too like yeah <clears throat> whenever we're in a group i'm the guy that's getting attacked and everyone else's like there's mosquitoes and i'm like <laughs> no because i'm here so <laughs> oh no, no i have got i've got this yeah. guys yeah yeah, I, I, so actually I watched like a, a SciShow video on YouTube about it and yeah. apparently like CO2 as well as like the microbial mix on your skin. And so basically I'm screwed for the rest of my life. Mosquitoes <laughs> are always going to come after me. So yeah. Uh, at one time, fault, at one time I tried to buy like, like a soap that was supposed to, uh, unfortunately I left it in my car and it like melted in my glove box and ruin my glove box so oh man that's i never, never lose, tried that again but lose lose situation yeah. right there but there's no mosquitoes in my car i guess so i guess that helped. i that's don't know a plus sure but yeah it's been um, raining, raining here too so i'm guessing we're gonna get uh, a big influx of those soon yeah yeah sorry go ahead i was gonna say we actually bought like a bug zapper for our backyard that's how much i hate mosquitoes oh that's fair yeah i get that i understand that anger <laughs> it's it is anger. I, I am like yeah. I am literally outraged that they're constantly attacking me. And Ray is like, "Oh, there's there's bugs out here." Yeah. Oh, so you just finished training just now. How did uh, how did that go for you? How's lifting feeling? That was pretty good, Mister um, Single Leg. Yeah, uh, I do my my heavy bench today. So mm. went up to two hundred five for a single. Last week I went to two hundred seven, but it was uh, a little slower than I wanted to. So. Um, this week it told me to do about 202, but I thought I'd go for 205 again. Felt much better. I think I'm I've been playing with like a narrower foot stance. Oh, okay. I'm struggling to find the right balance of where the feet go and 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 trying to get good leg drive and, and I feel like I'm like halfway in between rack heights. So like oh, nine is like a little awkward. too high and eight is a little right. too low and so yeah I don't know I, I'm real prima donna. <laughs> it's a struggle, man. It's a yeah. struggle. <laughs> So I don't know. Otherwise, it was pretty good. Uh, benching felt pretty strong today. So, and then I did uh, my sixty kilo single leg split squats, and my oh, legs yeah. were literally like quivering after the quiver. Yeah, like because so for so long I've done my Bulgarian split squats like holding onto a rack. Okay. So yeah. like safety bar, hands on rack, yeah. just yeah. balancing me obviously. Right. But uh, yeah, it's 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 apparent that when I don't do that, my legs get significantly more sore. Interesting. So, okay. So I don't know. Hopefully, it's helping. I my I could feel my adductors kind of doing their thing, quivering. It's not, like, not a good word, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if adductors it's appropriate quivering is what, though. Yeah. 
Yeah. I so. feel like I've felt that from doing uh, lateral lunges, like like Cossack squats, kind of, and yeah. then getting into my car, and I'm trying to like, because I got I got pretty big thighs, so I'm trying to like pull my legs together so that I can work the pedal. I bring my right foot, <laughs> like, right leg in, and as I contract the adductor, like vibrating. <laughs> no breaking yeah. this time. <laughs> no, no, just just gas the whole way home. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. It's been it was pretty good. You're just finishing second week of washout, or are you on a new block? No, I just uh, just finished the first week of a new block. So oh, yeah. uh, last block and this block are both raw focused. Womp womp. Um, <laughs> but but uh, went from like a really sort of intensity based block where it was a lot of like heavy singles triples last block to a lot of very moderate, very high volume work this block, which was kind of what i asked for you know like <laughs> you tell mike like you know i want some lower rps this block i want to kind of just really execute and get that feeling of just just banging out good quality reps and he's like i got you man eight <laughs> sets of this seven sets of that bunch of 12s just like yeah yeah so i think there was a miscommunication here mike let's <laughs> let's start over i'm thinking like three sets of three like 70 percent. you know i said quality reps make it easy man yeah. I just yeah, want no. three singles out of six. That's my goal. <laughs> that's, that's my comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's good. It's been going well. I uh, Because I was such a, a big wuss during washout, I was able to come back in and pretty much start off with a, a decent load on my lower body stuff, whereas normally I have to take it pretty easy the first few weeks of the block. But yeah, looking forward to that. what that brings. Probably gain a little bit more weight again. And yeah. <laughs> see what Did happens. You accidentally dieted down. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Whoops. Body recomposition. Right. That's what they call it. <laughs> Accidental or not. Not enough mac and cheese. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I do my best though. All right. We got one question this week. Okay. Uh, so it's from Noah V. And his question is With gyms reopening in my area, I will be looking at getting back into equipment. I'm in a dilemma of using my new tight squat suit that will need to be broken in or if I should be smarter to go back to an older suit that's already been broken in to let my body acclimatize to the gear again. Would you guys have, would you guys happen to have any input? Uh, so I actually will um, provide a little information here. Noah is a training partner of mine and literally oh, okay. asked, asked me this question in person. <laughs> I'm like, and Ray is like, that's a good question for the podcast. <laughs> so she's like, make him email that. <laughs> nice okay did you want to tackle that one first then uh sure so um i think i would probably not go into knowing how new and tight his suit is uh i think he got it maybe two weeks before everything kind of locked down mm -hmm. i would definitely not jump right into that i would i would get into a loose suit at least for two three weeks kind of get the groove of things find your find your comfort again um and just not just not hate yourself so much and, and put that new tight suit on, especially with maybe some quarantine pounds on, you know? Yeah. Um, like luckily Noah's been able to train pretty consistently throughout this, at least for the last uh, six weeks or so. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say, I'd say start with some looser stuff and, and kind of build back into that tight gear. Mm -hmm. And I think depending on what sort of training prescription or progression rather, uh, that you're running, it might make more sense to start in the light suit and then kind of transition into the other suit as you become more well adapted to your, um, to like even just the loads that you're going to be using. Um, cause you got to imagine, let's say arbitrarily, 
you know, you're squatting 110% in your loose suit, you may need 120% to do anything in that tight suit. I, again, just sort of arbitrary numbers off the top of my head, but I think you can see what I'm what I'm getting at there. So, I think we're both of a of of a sound mi- or of a single mind on this a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think it makes sense just to take it easy and not rush into it. There's probably not a meet that you're going to, not speaking of Noah here, but for most people, it's probably not a meet. You're probably, unless you're going to the USAPL nationals, which is somehow still happening, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, take it easy and kind of take it slow. Most of our <laughs> podcast guests have basically said, I wish I told myself to, to slow to down and listen to my down. body. Yeah. So that, that, that's, we'll just repeat that advice, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I think USAPL Nationals has an extra piece of mandatory equipment, too. So not only can you do uh, squat suits, knee wraps, but you're also going to be wearing a mask, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, all the lifters have to wear masks. So that's going to add a different, uh, another additional element on top of all the huffing and puffing that you normally do, trying to get your straps up and get under the bar. But should yeah. be fun for the TC to try and identify everybody as they come out, too. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, they'll need bibs on <laughs> name tags. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was the only question we had this week. Cool. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to email us at equippedbruisetired at gmail dot com, or shoot us a Instagram to either Bryce or myself, and we'll we'll address it here on the podcast. Sweet. Or I suppose on YouTube as well. Feel free to yeah. leave a comment down below yeah. if you're watching on YouTube. Definitely. Um, and I guess with that, we'll kind of toss it over to the episode here. Um, so this week we were lucky enough to get to chat with, uh, Charles Okpoko, who is, uh, a pretty fantastic lifter starting to transition more into raw, but has done a lot in equipment and I think had some really good insights. Um, he placed third place in the lightweight division of 2017 world games two-time junior equipped world champion in both 2015 and 2016 second place at open worlds. Um, I think Almost all of his meets, maybe there's maybe one where he competed as a light 74, but he's a 66 kilo competitor um, and two times classic IPF world champion as well. So uh, pretty impressive track record. And I think I almost talked him into coming back to uh, to reorganize that 66 kilo equipped podium. Uh, fingers crossed that uh, my continuous harassment will get him back into equipment uh sometime into the future and maybe the prospect of the world games. But uh, with that all being said, uh, we hope that you enjoy our conversation with Charles. And uh, again, any questions, anything like that, let us know. And we'll see you all in the next podcast. Okay. Well, first off, uh, Charles, thank you very much for coming on and taking the time out of your day to chat with us. We really appreciate it, man. Uh, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, so, How's your uh, how's your weekend going? You do you up to anything this weekend? Are you doing anything? Training oh. day today? No, no training this weekend, man. My last workout was Friday night. Okay. Uh, it's been a, just a crazy packed weekend. Like I'm actually moving from my current apartment to another apartment um, right now. Okay. And um, I started my move um, yesterday, so that took up like basically my entire morning and some of my my afternoon yesterday. Yeah. And um, just had like uh, some friends celebrating like birthday parties and stuff like that. So it's just been a crazy packed weekend with like activities and like moving and stuff like that. So um, didn't do any workouts. But I got I got everything done during the weekdays though. That's good. Yeah. Well, it yeah. sounds like 
mostly fun other than other than maybe moving i know i don't really like yeah yeah no moving is a it's a process man like i i dread it every single time i have to move but it is what it is it's part of life yeah do you uh do you help friends move a lot i know i get that a lot as a power lifter people like hey you're strong you can move Um, stuff right (laughs) yeah basically man i actually helped a buddy move like about a month ago um yeah yeah basically i'm just like a tool to be to be exploited (laughs) (laughs) i usually tell people if they can put like equally weighted couches on either end of a barbell and they're cool with me just picking it up and putting it right back down where i found it then yes i can absolutely help you for sure like less cardio that way just maybe everybody got a couple reps so you gotta walk up and down stairs and stuff like that yeah what i think what you really want as a moving partner is a strongman athlete Oh, for sure. They're oh, used yeah. to just like awkwardly weighted shit. And yeah. Exactly. And, and they got the endurance it. for it. I do not. Yeah. And like loading it onto stuff. Anyways, yeah. man. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll kind of dive right in here. Um, I know mm-hmm. a lot of people have kind of really interesting stories about kind of how and where and when they got started with powerlifting. Um, mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about how you got into the sport how you got interested, what drew you in and, and what that sort of initial beginning of your powerlifting journey was like? Yeah, yeah. So my powerlifting, well, I'm, I'm going to start with my powerlifting awareness. Okay. So it came okay. about like my senior year of high school, actually. Um, I, I had just kind of finished my football season. Um, and, uh, one of my coaches had asked me to help out the the girls powerlifting team at, at my high school. Um, so we had a girls team, but we didn't have a guys team at my high school. That's how it was. Like girls had powerlifting, guys had wrestling. That was like to balance things out. Okay. Um, so yeah, so like that was like how I got exposed to powerlifting like in the first place, just because like with me helping out the girls team, like wrapping knees and like. Okay. Helping him in, like, like doing, like, the squat suit adjustment, all, the, all this, like, weird stuff that was completely foreign to me. And I was like, man, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it was interesting. Like, he wanted me to, like, do it, like, out of school. Like, um, like he wanted to, like, make me able to coach and stuff like that. But um, it just wasn't, like, a priority or, like, much of interest for me, um, to me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to finish high school and, like, off college, do whatever. Um, so then like my freshman year of college, um, I was introduced to powerlifting again, um, through, um, a mutual friend and a classmate. And, um, he was on the powerlifting team at the time at UT, also a freshman. And, um, he was just one of those kids. He was, oh, Michael Davis. I'm I'm sure you're familiar with Michael Davis, um, from the U S. Yeah. So like every time, like I would go to the, to the UT rec center and like go work out, like whenever he would be there as well, like whenever we would pass each other on campus, they were like nod head because it was like like acknowledging one strong guy to another. It's like yo, you look strong, like you look strong, so that <laughs> okay. that type of thing. Um, so like like eventually, when he like like approached me and like brought up like coming out to like powerlifting tryouts, okay, um, and seeing if I liked it and stuff like that. Um, initially, like it was, I was like, oh, I don't know, whatever, um, because like. School was my focus. Like once I got to college, like I wasn't planning on doing any like sports or anything like that. Um, but then like he convinced me to at least come out the tryouts because he like told me a little bit about how like nationals was gonna be. So like in the U.S., like um, whenever you do collegiate nationals and stuff like that, you get to kind of travel. Um, and then nationals was gonna be in Florida, 
that um, freshman year of ours. And I was mm-hmm. like, shoot, I, that's kind of, I was like, that's kind of cool. That'd be like a, a free trip out to Florida, like, yeah, like have fun. Like, I was like, okay, I was like, well, okay, I'm kind of interested. Nice. So, you know, I go out to the tryouts, um, and up there, you know, it's like Aaron Pomerantz, you know, Preston Turner, Ian mm-hmm. Bell. Um, and like, so all these, like, I see all these like strong guys just kind of like throwing some crazy weight around. And I was like, okay, I was like, I was, I was impressed. I was like, this looks kind of fun. Um, and granted, you, you know, I love working out from like my football background and all. So like, right. um, you know, the opportunity to can, like continue working out, continue my passion and, and uh, do it in a competitive manner through powerlifting, um, you know, it caught my attention. And then the opportunity to, like, you know, also travel around the country for competitions and stuff like that. Um, so basically like those kind of main things, I guess, or incentives, um, like made me like bite the bait, man. And I was like, and after I did, I was hooked ever since. So <laughs> it's been it's been a fun journey, that's for sure. Yeah. So it sounds like even before you kind of knew what powerlifting was, really, it was all equipped. Hey, you were exposed to equipped. You said you were wrapping knees and yeah. helping people into squat suits and stuff. So what was your initial impression of these people like wrapping their limbs and stuffing themselves in equipment yeah. to try to lift weight, like? Was that just insane, or did you kind of immediately think that was cool, or what do you think? I, to me, it was insane, man. Like, <laughs> I was like, no, I would not do this. Like, because, like, they were in pain, bro. Like, because yeah. everybody that's everybody that's done powerlifting, you know, like, especially as a beginner, like, that crap hurts. So, you know, I see these girls, like, squirming, like, in pain, like, whenever they get their, their knees wrapped. Or like uh, complaining about the suit because it's so tight or whatever. And I'm like, man, y'all are crazy. I was like, yo, just fucking lift the weight, like, like yourself, like whatever. Without the hassle of all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you know, eventually, like, yeah, like in college, it was only it was only equipped whenever I started. So yeah. uh, although it was very like strange and foreign to me, like you know, it was what it was. So like, I just kind of accepted it. And, right. And um, I was like, shoot, let's give it a shot. Like, don't knock it till you try it, I guess. So, yeah, but it was definitely, I was definitely like, man, what are y'all doing? Like, <laughs> the first time I saw it. So once you got into it and kind of experienced Equipped and, and that, like, I'm going to just assume it was a rush for you, like it kind of is for everybody. Um, did you kind of fall in love with it then? Or was it always kind of something that you just was like, yeah, well, I guess this is the way it is? Mm-hmm. So in terms of I, the equipment specifically, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it, it's just one of those things, like, I I don't know, I guess it was just one of those, like, it is the way it is. So, like, um, I don't know, it's one of those, I guess it's like one of those things, it's like, you don't know what you're missing until if, you, I mean, if you've never had it, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was only one option at the time. It was just equipped powerlifting. Right. So, it was a matter of, like, once I made the decision, this is what I was going to do. I was going to, like, join a team or whatever. Um, I should I had to love it at that point, and it, it did grow on me. Like, yeah. like um, it wasn't like I had a, it was not it wasn't like I approached it like a choice of oh, but I want to do raw, or I want to do equipped. It was just like it's equipped, and I was like, okay, that's all I see, that's all I know. And like you know, after some exposure and trying it out, you, you start to you kind of start to like like it and enjoy it and stuff like that. And it always helps to like put on the gear and you're doing more weight than you can without the gear. Yeah. So you know that's that's a big plus as far as like you know making it making me like it. Um, but I mean, like, you know, it, it, gear is always one of those things that whenever I like, I, I get into a, the phase in my training that it's time to be like suit up. Mm-hmm. I always have to like, mentally prepare myself. Like, I'm like, okay, 
this first week is going to be brutal because, you know, I'm probably fat at that point. The suit's going to be real tight. And, you know, I, I forgot what it feels like to, like, have all the stuff on me and get my knees back. So, like, it's always, like, it always takes some, like, mental prep. And, like, I don't go into it like, oh, hell yeah, let me get into this freaking gear. I'm excited. Let's go. <laughs> but, you know, after, like, the first couple of weeks, then, like, your body adjusts to it again. And, like, you start getting the feel of it. Then it just becomes, like, clockwork. Um, right. But, I mean, I, 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 no, nah, like, I, I don't think I, I could say, like, you know, I approach, like, having to get back in gear and, like, put the gear on, like, oh, hell yeah, let's do this. Like, I'm excited to be in pain. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like it's a bit oh, of a mixed man. bag when that time in the train. Yeah, it's like a it's... mixed bag. Like, dude, I love the, the strength increase, but, you know, like, I, like I, I'm like i not going to, like, try to, um, um, I guess, un, um, undermine the, the, um, the mental preparedness and, like, mental uh, fortitude that it that that is required to be in gear. Like it's not like a, you know, like a pleasant experience, especially if you're not exposed to it. Like you're not used to it initially. Yeah. But after a while, yeah, it does like grow on you, and you, it becomes like normal. Yeah. So you mentioned um, that like we first time get back in the gear when you're a little bit heavier and stuff. But you're a pretty lean guy. Like you know, let's be let's be pretty frank with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you... Hey, look, look, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll finish your question. Um. <laughs> So having never experienced that level of leanness, obviously, um, do you find a difference when you're a little bit heavier in the gear versus when you're really lean? Um, and do you, did you have to find like a different way for the gear to kind of fit for you with being so lean? Yes. Yeah, so I'm not sure if you guys ever noticed if you watch like my videos or, or seen pictures of me back whenever I was geared, especially starting off like, so whenever I say I was fat or whatever, yeah, I'm I'm always lean, no doubt. But like I was, I'm walking around with more muscle mass whenever I'm in my off season. Mm -hmm. So at that point, that's when the gear is the you know tightest on me. And then whenever I was getting fitted for gear or whatever, you know, they I chose something that would fit me while I was like walking around heavier than I was gonna be at on meet day. So you know, by the time I cut weight, because I've always cut weight to make weight for the 145s or 66 kilos mm -hmm. um so like by the time i've like dieted and stuff like that and i've lost probably a good um amount of muscle mass and fat and mainly water um you know i'm like super super lean so like the suit is like much much looser on me on competition days so so like referring back to like my old pictures and videos like you can actually see the folds on the suit yeah. on me um and the commentators are always like address that or say like man like the suits the, the his gear doesn't even look like it's completely dialed in and like hitting these numbers blah 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 and i'm just like well shoot i don't i don't i don't want it too tight to be honest because like one i, I was still like a baby and like it could power with it um i i was i wasn't a lover of like tight gear like i always said the looser it is the better so like starting off like the, uh whenever i get to get back in gear everything's tight you know, that's when I actually, like, have the most difficulty with, like, my training and stuff like that just because it's mm -hmm. uncomfortable. But, like, once I lean down, like, to, like, competition weight on meet day, as, as it's actually looser on me, I actually like that better because then it feels more, like, natural. Um, like, that's how I felt at the time whenever I started. Um, so, so, yeah, like, I, I'm always lean, but, like, I lose size, like, um, whenever I cut down to make weight. So, like, it's, I still end up, have, like, the suit still ends up being much, much looser on me on meet day. 
And then over time, you know, like once you start getting sponsorship and stuff like that, and you know, you, you get to a point you can start having like a like a um, off season suit and then like a meet day suit. So that way, you know, it accounts for that loss in size and body weight and stuff like that. So you can get a little t- better, tighter fit on meet day than uh, and match the level of um, support that you would be getting in the off season and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to get an idea, like how how much what do you usually walk around at versus what you compete at so oh man dude that that's a journey um <laughs> so yeah have you guys heard of like the freshman 15 or like uh yeah, yeah like because i get everybody basically everybody that i know like you gain weight every year in college and you know i was no different from everybody else so like my freshman year i was maybe losing like a few pounds maybe like less than five pounds to make weight so like no biggie whatever Sophomore year, I'm like, oh, damn, I'm losing, like, 10 pounds. Junior year, is like, oh, shoot, I'm losing, like, 15 pounds. <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't it wasn't set in stone. Like, over, over the years, man, I got bigger. As I got stronger, I put on more size. Like, just eating good food in Austin, you know, like, it got harder and harder to, like, make that cut every year. But at the same time, like, you know, I, I had, I was motivated, you know, uh, I wanted to be the best, like, all across the board. So, like, my drive would always, like, um, keep me disciplined and um, and give me more motivation and, and, like, help me basically persevere to the pro- throughout the process of making that cut. So, yeah, so it got harder and harder every year. And um, now, on average, I usually cut some anywhere between 10 to 15 pounds to make weight. I probably cut a little more than 15 uh, a few times, but um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a process. Like right now I'm like walking around at about 156 to 158. So if I'm gonna make a cut, that's about my normal at this point, anywhere between 10 and 15 pounds. Yeah. And as you got bigger and needed to cut more, did you find you were also like maintaining that competitive edge and getting more and more competitive as a 66 despite cutting more or did that start to mess with you at a certain point or how how was that like hey look at my rap sheet man (laughs) 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 sure nah it 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 worked out fine uh basically it was just one of those things that you know as i got older i got smarter in the sport you know i started to learn how to better cut weight you know you, you refine the process every single time you do it and you get better and better at it and um, especially like back in college days, like I, I was doing like probably three, four competitions a year. So like yeah. I got plenty of practice at cutting weight. Um, so and and like you know, the more mass you have on you, the more um, the the more weight you can push. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things. Like yes, I was having to lose more weight, but I got I got to a point that I was um, losing mainly water weight, which I would um, basically restore. Um, in those couple hours before the competition started. So, like, you know, it definitely put me at an, at an advantage, like, walking around heavier in the offseason because mm-hmm. I was – I'm – shoot, I, I feel like I'm the biggest 66-kilo lifter that's out there. I don't think I've seen anybody that I'm like, oh, damn, that guy looks bigger than me. Um, so it's just one of those things, like, you know, it, it got more difficult to cut, um, but I got better at cutting. And then, mm-hmm. obviously, just having more size, like, you know, I got stronger and stronger. And I've been getting stronger for like since 2014, you know, I've gotten stronger and stronger every year despite yeah. making that cut. So, you know, it's just one of those things like 
it wasn't a, a detriment. Uh, it was just a matter of just having making me like have to be more disciplined um, in my cutting um, procedure and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you kind of are able to put some of that weight back on. Have you? Do you often weigh yourself like just before you get on the platform, kind of thing? Like, I'm wondering what the difference is between <laughs> making 66 and then Charles stepping foot on the platform. Like, how much are you able to put back onto that? Yeah, I mean, I don't weigh myself before I step back on the platform because I oh, mean okay. that's not on your that's not on your mind at the time. But I do right. weigh myself at the end of the day after I compete. Mm-hmm. I get back to the hotel room or whatever, and I usually put on like I, I'm usually about like one. Well, from what I can remember recently, I'm about mm-hmm. one fifty one ish by the time like I like competed, got back to the hotel, like stuff like that. So I would imagine I, I was probably. I'm probably about that same body weight while I'm competing, if not a little more because of the bloat. Who knows? Um, so yeah, so I I restore some of my size, but I don't restore everything um, because, like you know, like I'm actually dieting for like um, for a few weeks to a few months before I actually do the water cut. So I do lose, like I said, like I actually lose like some muscle mass and some fat as well. Um, but it's just a small portion, and then over the weeks, months after comp, then I get back to like my, my normal like full size of like one fifty six, like one fifty eight. Yeah, but the water weight, yeah, I restore the water weight by the end of comp, like because I usually cut down to about one fifty, one fifty, one fifty one, and I do the water cut. So mm-hmm. yeah, by the end of the day, like I restore that water back. That's so why I'm probably about one fifty one again. Yeah. Yeah. So did you notice? Do you ever notice a big difference between uh, like training lifts versus competition lifts with that big of a weight cut? Like, do you, do you, are you way stronger in training before you start dieting? No. Uh, um, well, uh, I'll, I'll say no, because like, I've always peaked on meat day. Like, I'm just, I'm just one of those that like, I, I try to, avoid, especially back, like when I was younger, I try to avoid like, um, lifting anywhere around my one rep max in, in the all season. Like, um, cause I don't want, I don't want to risk injury and like, nobody cares in my, like back then, like, I was like, I, I wasn't chasing any clout. I was like, nobody cares about me hitting this in the gym. Like, like it doesn't matter. It only matters like, if you hit these numbers on the platform. So I would never push myself, I guess, hard enough to be, to know that I'm actually stronger in the off season. I usually say, I usually say like going like max out and like all our efforts and if I, I step on the platform. So it it would always appear that I got stronger that I, I got stronger like at the competition I peaked at the competition at a lighter body weight, but mm-hmm. I just never allowed myself to like see what my full capabilities were um, while I was at, at a heavier body weight because I just didn't feel like it was necessary or that it mattered. Yeah, if that answers your question. Yeah. And so, 2018 Open Nationals, you competed as a as a light. 74 right if you weighed in at 68.3 was that yeah. planned or was that a whoopsie kind of moment or no, 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 I, i've never, never failed to make weight um okay. so, so that was that was planned um okay. so it's one of the, honestly that was like a that was a, the turning point in my power to think here so i'm glad that you brought that point up and i'm just trying gonna try to connect everything so basically um you know at that point um, I was done with collegiate powerlifting, so I no longer had to do equipped. Um, okay. And like, and raw powerlifting kind of like burst onto the scene like about my junior year of college. So about 
um, 2016. So mm-hmm. like ever since it kind of burst out on the scene, like I wanted to do it. Right. But um, it, but like for the sake of the team and like you know trying to continue our streak of being like national, um, um champions, um, you know, for, I stayed equipped, um, because I, that was still the the more relevant one, um, division I guess in college. So mm-hmm. like it, my team points mattered. So like I I did what I needed to do for the team, and and um, you know, I stayed equipped. Mm-hmm. And after college, you know, I graduated in 2017. Um, so I set my sights on on the raw stage um, after I graduated in 2017. So, um, you know, because I'm trying to think. I don't think I – I'm trying to remember if I did Ronas 2017, but I can't remember right off the bat. Um, I think I did. I think I did. Yeah, um, did. But, um, yeah. So, so at that point, you know, I was really, really feeling like raw more than equipped. So as I was prepping to do open open nets in May, and um, potentially you know go go to open worlds um, and have a shot at the open worlds title because you know I had narrowly missed it a couple of times before that and I placed in like second. Um, I mean, I want to go and like get an open ah, man. I want to go and like get an open world championship um, mm-hmm. equipped. Um, that was that's the one smear on my career that I'm a little salty about that I just never went and got it because I, I probably could have had gone and got it. Um but like <laughs> one week out from one week up you good? Yeah. Um one week out from competition I was at the grocery store. I was at that stage in my cut because I start like a like a few weeks or about a month out. Um and I'm like actually eating healthy, cooking my meals. Like I try to avoid eating out stuff like that. So by and then by about a week out from comp, that's when I start my water cut. So you know I'm at the grocery store, like you know, getting all these like healthy items, um, and I get to the water aisle, and like I'm looking at all these gallons of water, and I'm just like I had I just had literally like it's like getting to a, a crossroad and you got like two paths in front of you. It's like which one am I gonna walk? Right. I was like, dude, do I really want to do this, man? <laughs> I was like, do I have? I was like, do I have one more in me? And basically, man, I had a I had a jug of water in my cart, and I was like, man, screw this. I put it back and I grabbed some Twinkies and like some <laughs> some like random like desserts, and I go and I take that <laughs> and I take that home instead. So basically, that's where I made my decision in the freaking right. grocery store. I was like, man, I was like, I don't feel like doing. I don't feel like doing this water cut. I just didn't have as much drive. At the time, because I like I was I was feeling raw more at the time as well. So I was just like, man, I don't I didn't want it bad enough to follow through with the cut at that point. Right. Um, so it was that. So whenever I got to um, to open that uh, in May, you know, I, I was at the body weight that I had basically cut down to um, from my like, nutrition and diet mm-hmm. uh, without the water cut. So that's why okay. I, I competed at that weight. Um, it, like, you know, it's just one of those, I just didn't want to do it at that point. I didn't feel like doing the process and that's what happened. That's what happened in 2018, man. Like, I was just like not feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, is there any, any chance of you staying 74 or filling out the 74s at any point? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's something that's been on my mind, like for many, many years, and um as of now like my intention is to go 74 
like Sheffield was supposed to be my last meet as a 66. Okay. I, I was going to like leave my mark on the 66 at the Sheffield and might put up some crazy numbers mm-hmm. that probably won't be touched for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously that didn't, I didn't get the opportunity to do so. Um, so I still have unfinished business in the, in the 66, right. but again, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where I'm at like crossroads. Like what, like, you know, at this point, you know, I enjoy being the best in the world. You know, I enjoy the, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's been nice able to say that, like, without a doubt, like, yeah, I'm, I'm the freaking best. Like, <laughs> you can't touch me, you know, right. like, but then, but after, like, I'm just at a point that, like, after a while, man, like, it's nice and all, but, like, you know, now I'm out in the real world, you know, I got, you know, I'm thinking about my future, like, gotta, I gotta pay bills, gotta be successful, like, all these things, man. So, like, you know, and, like, just my quality of life and my happiness, Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I enjoy being the best in the world. I enjoy be- being able to do powerlifting. And like, you know, I've been the world champ um, across different divisions, like over many years. So as bad as it is to say, like, it's kind of lost a little bit of his like, it's luster to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I'm, I'm like, I got to the point, I'm like, well, I'm satisfied. Like, I, I, I was like, I don't, it would be nice to continue like winning, like being the world champ and all that stuff. I was like, like it's not, I was like, it's not gonna kill me if I'm not. Like I'm like, I'm, I'll, I'll be okay with taking a step back and going up to the semi fours. And even though I wouldn't be the best, um, right off the bat, I'll mm-hmm. still be very competitive as a seventy four. I'll still enjoy powerlifting. I'll still enjoy getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, um, but you know, I wouldn't be the world champ anymore because you know, there's other like crazy lifters in seventy four, like you know, Taylor Atwood. Michael C, Austin Perkins, um, Cho, there's all these, you know, super amazing athletes in the Sunny Fours. Uh, so I'll have my work cut out to me to, like, you know, catch up to those guys. Right. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things I was like, shoot, like, you know, I'll be happier because I'll be able to, like, basically eat whatever I want. Um, don't have to worry about cutting weight anymore. Like, there's so many, you know, there's pros and cons to, like, both sides. So yeah, it doesn't I mean, matter of, like, you, you know, do I have to kilos. drive? <laughs> that's not happening for for for, for for health for health reasons and liking how i look my physique right, right. i'm not gonna do that to myself okay um so you know so yeah again i'm at a crossroad right now as, as far as like deciding what i want to do mm-hmm. but um as of now i'm leaning more towards being 74 just for quality of life's sake like you know i enjoy being the world champ you know i enjoy the memories and stuff like that but you know you don't have to, i'm just like at the I've kind of made a little bit of a mental switch that I would be okay with not having that title anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Just for the sake of, you know, being able to focus on, um, you know, focus on like work, focus on school, focus on like just enjoying powerlifting um, mm-hmm. without the the added stress of worrying about my body weight all the time and having to cut. Cause I mean, I, I love it. Don't get me wrong, but like that cut is like the worst part for, for me. Like I, I'll be in the gym all day. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when it's like, oh, dude, time to go freaking diet for a month or more, I'm just like, ugh, it, it sucks. It sucks some of the fun out of it. But I mean, it's it's the process. All serious athletes that compete in any weight in the weight um, category sport, they all cut, you know. But you know, it's just one of those things. It's like the 
the reward at the end needs to be worth it to you know make me want to go through that process and you know like i said that title of being the world champ just doesn't have as much sway over me um that like it used to back when i was younger now Mm -hmm. like i'm just like i'm focused more so on like shoot am i happy like um you know um am i enjoying what i'm doing um do i have money on the table like i mean for so like honestly so sheffield like I said, it was supposed to be my last 66 competition because mm-hmm. even before the Sheffield, like I had just started PT school in 2019, um, in okay. June 2019. So I was going to take a break from powerlifting for like three years because PT school is a three-year program, physical therapy. Um, mm-hmm. So I was going to like take that time to like bulk up and fill out the 74 weight class okay. um, and just focus on getting stronger um, because I would be off the powerlifting scene. So I wouldn't feel as like, um, I'll basically, I won't feel as much pressure, I guess, to, you know, um, to like want to be the best 66 still, or I like, want to defend my title because like I would have no choice without focusing on school. So I could right. step away, just kind of like look inwards and not get caught up in, you know, the talk and all the stuff and the hype. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, you know, so, you know, I started school, I was going to take a break from powerlifting. I was going to like get bigger, just get stronger, just like get back to just like enjoying lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Pete from SBD had contacted me about the SBD competition. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, I was like, why you got to do this to me right now? I was <laughs> like, just when I had, just when I had kind of like accepted, like, you know, stepping away, like going up to 74 and just enjoying the sport, just like doing it for fun. Yeah. Um, and not so much, um, not so serious. Um, you know, the, he just he dropped that Sheffield bomb on me. I was like, damn. I was like, all right, time to like get back in the gym and be serious. <laughs> I was like, just too much money on the line. So, so yeah. now it's like it's just one of those things. It's like if there's money on the line, there's something that I find that that motivates me to make the cut. I'll make the cut so I can be at my most competitive. Um, but now it's more so like I'm more incentivized by money because I need shoot, I'm an adult, man. I need I need money. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, so like I'm more incentivized by money than the than the appeal of calling myself the world champ. Um right. it's like I'll take money over that at this point right now. So, yeah. you know, Sheffield got me to come back and consider um going back to sixty six just so I can do that meet. But I was gonna like do that and potentially walk away. Um, as the best 66, like, and, like, hit all the goals I set for myself and just, right. like, move on. Um, at least that was the plan. But knowing me, if I had one Sheffield and I had that money in my hands, I probably would have done it again as a 66 in the next year after that and that. Because at that point, you know, there, there, there's an incentive, um, like, monetary incentive. Um, and for me, like, making that cut is not an easy process. Like, losing 10 to 15 pounds um, while, you know, I mean, I'm young, man. Like, my friends, like, like to go out, eat good food, like, party, drink, whatever. So that's part of my life. Like, it's, I'm a social person. So whenever I get into that, that meat prep mode, I have to, like, basically cut out some of my social life. And, yeah, like, totally. you know, basically because, because yeah, because, I, I mean, any any serious athlete has to make that decision. It's like, you know, do I want to be like everybody else and go out and drink and eat whatever, or, or am I going to be disciplined? and do what I need to, to make sure I'm the best in the world. You right. know, that's a decision I always had to make. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things I was like, you know, the, 
I was like, it's going to take a lot, a lot more than say, hey, you're the best in the world and a gold medal around my neck to make me do that <laughs> yeah, anymore. I was, like, I was like, I was like, that's, I was like, that's not going to cut it for me anymore. Um, so, you know, Sheffield was that perfect opportunity to, you know, give me that drive once again, basically, um, to make that cut. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen moving forward, like, which, you know, because they, they are going to try to put on Sheffield again in 2021. Okay. So, you know, if that pans out um, and I get the invite, because right now I'm not sure what's going to, like, how they're going to decide who gets to go to Sheffield 2021, um, you know, if that does pan out and I get the invite, more than likely I'll make the cut because, you know, I want to be at my most competitive um, so I can, you know, win some money. Yeah. But, you know, that's kind of where I'm at, man. Crossroads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think you touched on yeah. some really important things and some things that I think a lot of people overlook. Like if you look at people who are in the sport and have a really drastic impact on the sport, it's those lifters that are around for a long time. And I think mm -hmm. some of the things you were talking about there, like taking some time to just enjoy powerlifting, to balance some other aspects of your life, to do some of those kinds of things, uh, I think it's just a really, gr really good and, and mature sort of way to look at things and keeping powerlifting a part of your life without it being your life, at least for periods exactly. of time, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Changing priorities yeah. around and stuff. So it's, it's cool mm -hmm. to hear you talk about that stuff. Yeah, because there's, like, there's, a, there's a big difference between you know, doing powerlifting and powerlifting is your life. Mm -hmm. um, that's the one thing that I feel like some people don't get. Um, like I, I, it's like the friends of mine that take powerlifting very seriously that are, you know, they've been world champs or they've gotten to that stage. You know, powerlifting isn't just something that they do for fun. Like nowadays, especially with raw powerlifting, people are just like, oh, you know, oh, probably that looks cool. Let me go try it out. Then mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm a powerlifter. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah, but then like, there's like guys that like me that have competed on like you know, on the top stage, top level, and like, like whenever you whenever you compete in that level, like you know, powerlifting is just something you do for fun. Like it becomes like your life in a way. Like you know, that's all the other decisions that you make, especially like whenever a comp is coming around the corner, um, are gonna have to like. You're gonna have to make those decisions with powerlifting being at the forefront as far as like the priority, and then try to fit everything else around it. Um, you know, so that's not something that's that's not a simple thing to do. At least, I mean, for me, um, you know, like it takes sacrifice and it takes discipline, and um, that's not something that that you can just kind of do lightly, especially if you're not highly motivated to to do something like that. So. Mm -hmm. So let's um let's go back to that less balanced time of your life. Um, in 2017, you competed at the World Games, um, yeah, and placed and placed third as like mm -hmm. a very young junior. I think you were 21 at the time. Um, mm -hmm. uh, one of our kind of recurring themes has been talking to people about their World Games experiences and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. do you want to kind of tell us about your experience there in Poland? Oh man, it was awesome, dude. Like <laughs> that was that that was probably one of the most like the most fun meets I've done as far as like. Um, like just the way it, everything was just handled and set up for us. Like I, I legit felt like VIP, like strolling up to Poland and like having the entire city, uh, um, like set up for the for the um, world games. Like you see, like all these different countries, all these different athletes from all these. Like it was, it was just a crazy, like fun environment to be in. Um, and so, like 
that's one opportunity I'm always going to remember as far as like, um, you know, um, one, like the hard work that it took to get there. And then just like the quality of the meat itself. Like, oh man, I, the warm up room was like better than like most platforms I've stepped on anywhere else. Like, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. It's like, you're not going to like be in awe and like, like just be excited whenever you see something like that. It's like they literally took care of like every little detail for us, man. So like it was, it was just like it was just an amazing experience. Like you know, because trying to remember. So you know, we get there and you know you go through this like whole process of like registering at the like um they have like a like a, like the office or whatever set up for all the athletes to come and register, get like your ID, your badge, all these different things, um, and then they direct you like what room to go. Like you have basically like a like um, um, someone basically kind of ex- escorting you through, like, and show you around, like, making taking care of everything for you, basically. So, like, we were, t- like I said, we were taking care of, of, like, very, very well. So that was cool, like, because that's not a normal thing that that happens in like um, other meets. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is. I was like, man, this. I was like. This is this is different. I was like, I like this. I like we actually get like some special treatment. I was like, that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> and then like you know, it's a different city that I've I've never been there before. Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to take in. So like you know, just going around and, like touring, um, and like seeing some of the other sports as well. Because like some of the sports I hadn't been exposed to. Um, so like it was just like cool. Like kind of talk to other athletes and all these different sports and like, you know, hear their experiences as well. Um, and, you know, man, like it, it's, it's definitely something I'm always going to remember and cherish um, both the good and the bads that happened while I was up there. Yeah. So going into the meet a little bit, um, you, you came in with a, best squad of 317 and a half um, that you'd done in the past and your second uh-huh. attempt was 312 and a half and you got called like a two to one call on depth and then you came uh-huh. off your third attempt and you like you basemented it like it was yeah <laughs> well i remember watching and being like oh he's not coming up with that but you like you fought through it pretty hard do you remember like yeah. what your mindset was like going into that because that was probably one of the toughest squats i saw that competition yeah um my Mindset going into that third attempt, or yeah, yeah. Was it just yeah, like getting depth no matter what? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, is so for me mentally, like I'm like if I've done it once, I can do it again, like mm-hmm. no matter what. So that's always been my my mindset whenever I approach any lift. So like just the fact that you know I was red lighted on my second attempt at a weight that I've done before and I didn't get it. I was I was pissed, <laughs> you know. I was like, dude. I was like, what the hell? Because I wanted to squat over seven hundred at that meet. Um, another thing about me is like, you know, I I I'm like a goal driven person. So like, you know, being that I, I had I had already hit seven hundred in a in a previous competition, obviously my goal is to hit more than seven at the next comp. So you know, I I was not happy about having to cut my third um and squat less than seven so um for that meet so i was so i was pissed i was like because like, you know i wanted to hit something crazy so approaching that third attempt like i wasn't in i wasn't like worried um or anything i was just it was just a matter of i had like rage i guess to kind of like motivate me to be like you know what i'm just gonna bury this crap 
And I know I'm going to get it if I get that because I've done it before. I've done more weight than that. So, like, I didn't have any doubt about completing the attempt. It was just a matter of t- making sure I got low enough that it was undeniable because um, I knew I could fight through and get it no matter what. And that's exactly what happened. Cool. Um, do you have something there, Bryce? Sorry. No, I was just going to say, um, on the topic of World Games, uh, is there any chance we see Charles come or uh, make a push for, for World Games 2022? That was a conversation that I made many, many times with James Townsend, right. um, the Open Worlds coach. Um you know he's he's one of those he's one of those guys that's like always in my ear, man. He's like, hey man, where you at? <laughs> right. We miss you over here on this side, man. Yeah. So you know we we thought about it like we had a full on discussion, and then like you know I try to map everything out and see if I'd be able to do it, um, because because it was gonna be in the U.S., so it was like the perfect opportunity to, mm-hmm. to do so. Um, but um, I looked at um. Oh, wait, did you say 2022? So it got moved back one year? Yeah, yeah. they've moved it from 21 okay. to 22. Okay. Didn't know that. So so, so now, you know, it's it's a completely different ballgame because now it's 2022. Okay. <laughs> um, so, who know, so, I'm, so for 2021, uh, I wasn't going to be able to do it because of school. So, um, so for PT school, we have clinical rotations that we have to do at certain points in time. Okay. And those are not flexible and they're non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. So I looked at the dates of my clinical rotations and they were going to be in direct conflict with the competition days. So it would have been, it would have been impossible for me to do yeah. it. But now that it's in 2022, mm-hmm. who knows, right? <laughs> I have to look at my schedule now and see if, if it's going to mesh. Right. Because if it does mesh, then potentially, because like, I still have, I guess, some unfinished business mm-hmm. um, with the equipped so it's a matter of if the stars align you you might see a you might see a comeback and, and equipped <laughs> i think that'd be awesome man i'd really like to see yeah. um yeah man going back to that whole sort of idea of, of the crossroads and and trying to you know make these decisions you've been somebody who's kind of bounced back and forth between classic and equipped a little bit Mm-hmm. Do you do you plan to continue doing that and kind of dabbling in both, or is your focus mainly on raw for now? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, we might see we might see Charles at 2022 World Games. Who knows? But uh, just kind of as a, as an overall interest, uh, is it still there for you in equipment? So right now, raw is like my only priority and the mm-hmm. only um, division, I guess, that I care about leaving a mark in. At okay. the moment, um, and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna state this one more time. I'm a very goal driven person, so if I feel like I have unfinished business, which I do feel like I do for equipped, mm-hmm. um, especially world games, because I didn't even, like I have a bitter taste in my mouth a little bit from the world games in 2017, um, because I'm not sure if you guys remember the situation uh, when it came down to the third deadlifts, but I basically had second place locked in. Cause I wasn't, I, at the time I was, there was no way I was going to be fed a single for, um, for Wilkes. So like going into that comp, my goal was to play second. Um, cause that in and of itself would have been a huge victory for me. Um, cause I mean, Fetty was untouchable. So I was like, I'm not even going to worry about that guy. But everybody else, I was like, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be the next best, um, at, at my age. 
Um, and I basically had my goal locked locked in. I got to my third deadlift. I was, I was sitting in second. And I wasn't even worried about anything. And then, you know, um, the, the Frenchman, um, I, I always messed up his name, but um, Belgetti. Belgetti. Yeah, Belgetti. Yeah, yeah, you know, he comes out there and freaking pulls for, for second place. And he beats me on ropes by like 0.4. Um, mm-hmm. So I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> pissed. Like, cause I, it wasn't even, it wasn't even on my radar. I wasn't even worried about it. I was sitting in the back room thinking, I was like, oh, I got, I, you know, I, I set my goal locked in. I was like happy. I was like, I'm good. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously, um, things happen that, you know, I, I ended up being in third. So I definitely feel like I have unfinished business on the world game stage. I feel like I need to go redeem myself. So if I, if that, like, bothers me enough that I feel the fire, I'm going to go back to the world games and try to try to rectify that. Um, right. So it's going to be one of those things. It's going to, it's going to be a matter of, like, you know, um, if things align for my schedule, because at this point, you know, my priorities, you know, making a living. Um, yeah. So, and like school and stuff. So if it matches in my schedule and I'm able to do it, more than likely I'm, I'm going to give it a shot because I want to redeem myself on the world game stage. Uh, I definitely want to be able to, to walk away saying that I got first at, at a world games. Like I'm, that's, that's a memory you're always going to have, you're always going to cherish. Um, and like, you know, I, I'm just one of those, like, I want to, I like being the best, right? Right? right, so it's like you know, I'm like, okay, I've been, I've been the best on this stage. I've been the best on this stage. I was like, I want to see, I've been the best on this stage as well. So you know, if if I set that goal, y'all gonna see me. Like y'all, y'all will see me. Right. Um, but but besides the world games and besides like feeling the desire to to rectify that situation, um, you know, raw is where I'm at. Like I'm where I'm focused on, like mentally. Um, mm-hmm. just again, like. Because, like, like I said, whenever I was training equipped, I had to mentally prepare myself for like every workout and like every session. And you need a community around you to train equipped powerlifting. That's not something you can easily do by yourself. Right. And for me right now, where I'm at in life, like, you know, um, with school and, like, wanting to, like, start my own business after school, like, I just know, like, my schedule is going to be all over the place. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have a support system around me to be able to, like, train equipped and like consistently is it's, it's stress um it's not something I, I want to deal with um so you know it's, it's just one it's just one of those things that you know like there's not enough in, i whenever i weigh out the pros and cons you know it's just it's just more it makes more sense for me to just stick with it with raw and because i can go in there i can do my workouts myself i can bang it out really quick i don't have to worry about like a bunch of different factors that i would have to worry about with equipped um so you know, right now, yeah, raw is the focus, and um, if things line up, line up for the world games, and I feel enough fire, enough drive to go for it, then I'll I'll do the world games. But after that, I'll probably be done with equipped. So you're if saying I'm not the, already done right now. Over the next two years, I should DM you a lot of Hassan's deadlifts, <laughs> and just constantly remind <laughs> you of that to, to push you in the right direction. Is that is that what, that's what I'm hearing? Hey, that might work. I'm, I'm so serious. That really might work. Well, like, I might consider uh, it. I, dude, I mean, I love the guy, man. He, he's, a, he's a great guy. 
but I'm like, dude, you, you, I'm like, you snuck one under me, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I, so, love, I love to see that, that competitiveness. I, I think that's yeah. like one of the things that's always kind of drawn me to the sport was just wanting mm-hmm. to be in the, in the fray and in the mix, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Same here, man. I'm, I'm a very competitive person. Um, so I, I'm always going to remember that one. I'm like, yeah, I gotta, I, like, I gotta, I gotta redeem myself. <laughs> cool okay so i think we'll jump to uh we have a section or a um a segment we call gearhead where we talk about some Mm -hmm. specific gear stuff um and uh specific questions if anything i don't i don't imagine with you not being super competitive equipped right now but if anything off limits or you don't want to talk about just let us know um so we'll start with uh back uh would you did you wear stock gear or did you wear custom gear i think you're sponsored by titan at the time Mm -hmm. I, i wore custom gear um, whenever I first started, I, I would wear stock. I would just wear whatever gear I was able to fit around. Fit around like oh, so f- funny thing. I'll give you a little funny thing right here. So whenever mm-hmm. I first started powerlifting, again, y'all know Preston Turner, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, the very first bench shirt, actually, the second. So the second bench shirt I ever put on, but like the first I competed with was Preston Turner's bench shirt. Um, and you know he's a he's a two sixty four at the time. Funny reason was because I had big arms for my for my size, right? Yeah, yeah. So all the the cut the stock um bench shirts for somebody that would be in my weight division, none of them fit me. Like I couldn't I couldn't move my arms. I was like I couldn't even put them. I, would put, I couldn't put my arms through. So the only way for me to get something around me is I can be in regulation. Was to put on a freaking Preston Turner's bench shirt. <laughs> so I did. So I did my first my first freaking nationals wearing the bench shirt of a 120 kilo lifter. It was hilarious. So I was basically out there raw benching. <laughs> I've um, never had that problem. So, yeah, hey, it's it's a, it's a curse and a blessing. I, I'll say that. So so needless to say, yeah, all my equipment was was custom made just because my proportions just weren't natural um, for a 66 kilo lifter. Mm-hmm. Um. And did you did you do a lot of modifications to your stuff, or were you living in Texas at the time, so you were able to get it to tighten pretty easily if they wanted to do the modifications? How did all that work? So I didn't I actually didn't do a lot of modifications. Um, so yeah, I live in Texas, not too far from Corpus Christi. If I wanted to drive, it's like a three four hour drive, so it's okay. no biggie. Um, yeah. So for me, you know, um, every year I would like get new suit. Um, so I would just kind of like make adjustments based off of like how the current suit that I had felt. Mm, um, okay. So I would just request an, an, another custom suit and ask them to make certain adjustments here and there compared to the old one that I had. And then we'll go from there and I'll see whichever one feels better. Um, so I didn't make a lot of adjustments to the same suit, but I would make adjustments to every like new suit I would get to right. try to get a better fit and stuff like that. And so, so have, go sorry, ahead. go ahead, Ryan. Um, did you have preferences like, did you like the legs tight in the squat suit or hips tight? Or was there anything you specifically looked for in a suit? Um, I didn't like the legs tight, but they were always tight. <laughs> <laughs> like, like cut off circulation tight. So, um, but my hips were never tight. Um, and even like with adjustments um, that I would, I would ask, it would, it would be decently tight. Like initially whenever I'm like in a bigger size or whatever, uh, but whenever I would cut down, like I always ended up having a little more, like you can kind of pinch at the waist. Cause I have a very tiny waist. It, it's stupid. 
Um, like, so, like, the suits weren't quite as tight as they could have been on the hips. But I was okay with that because, again, the, the more natural it felt, the more I could move, like, like a raw feel, the better I felt, so the, the more comfortable my squats were. Um, but, like, as far as, like, the the straps, I wanted the straps tight because I just felt like I was able to get more explosiveness out of the hole with tight straps. Um, and that's with a squat suit. For a deadlift, I don't want my straps tight. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I always, man, and oh, another reason, like, I was just wasn't feeling equipped as much was, like, my battle with the deadlift suit was just relentless. Um, it just never, like, like, worked for me. So I could be having a great raw training block, and then as soon as I put on my, my deadlift suit, like, I would make strides backwards. So for most people, they put on a deadlift suit, and their deadlift goes up. For me, I put it on, and it's, like, it's a detriment. Um, so there was always a battle of me trying to figure out how to work my deadlift suit. And then whenever I would go straps up, um, it would cause me to like to like um, have way more spinal flexion than I want, and um, preventing me from like getting like upright the mm-hmm. way I wanted to pull. So, um, but the hips were tight, so it felt great at the bottom, like getting that speed off the ground. Mm-hmm. But then when I would get the lockout, because I had a more arched back and uh, more flexion than I would like to get down to the bar, I would always have problems with lockouts. Mm-hmm. Um, so. As far as my preference for for a deadlift equipment, tight hips, tight legs, but loose straps so that way I can stay upright. Um, that's what I feel like will probably work best for me. Mm-hmm. And then what about the bench shirt? I mean, obviously it sounds like most sleeves were tight on you. A lot of people, <laughs> myself included, get a shirt and they just tighten the <laughs> sleeves seven or eight times and then it works really uh-huh. well. But yeah. uh, what was your experience like with that? What were your preferences there on the shirt? So yeah, on a shirt, huge sleeves. <laughs> I wanted big sleeves, <laughs> like straight up. So like, I just wanted I wanted it to be tight around the chest, um, so I can get more pop. Mm-hmm. Um, which which I got out of like most of the shirts that worked well for me. But if the arms were too tight, I I I hated it. Um, so I ended up using like the super katana. Um, that that's just. That was like the standard um, for for Titan. Um, so I use those. I love those. Um, and and yeah, so tight chest play, and then like snug arms, so I can take it off without dying. <laughs> That's fair. And then, uh, do you remember what knee wraps you preferred? Was there? Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. I like my titaniums, dude. Like, oh, okay. I love those. So. I, I experimented with signature golds. I, I would like the golds as well. Mm-hmm. But, like, for me, like, whenever I have to, like, wrap myself in training, I do not want to wrap myself with signature golds. Like, those those things are stiff. I hear that. So, you know, I'll be exhausted by the time I step up to the freaking squat rack. I was like, I just went to battle for, like, three minutes trying to wrap myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I get up, like, go to the bar. I'm already, like, drenched in sweat. I'm like, yo, I ain't got no more energy for the squat. Like, I'm done. <laughs> Um, so with the titaniums, I found that I was e- it was easier for me to wrap myself because it, it was like a good midpoint between flexibility and like um, stiffness. So that mm-hmm. always worked best for me. And again, for me, it was one of those things. It was like the more natural it felt and then the more I felt like the wraps weren't trying to fight me too much, 
mm-hmm. you know, the more comfortable I was and the better I was able to perform. With the titaniums, like, I got used to it after a while. But, you know, I mean, with the signature goals, like, I used to them after a while, but, like, I still prefer my titaniums over the signature goals. Um, I just felt like I was able to squat more naturally with the titaniums. So yeah. you had a, almost, uh, like, a bow tie on your knee wraps, like at the top, mm-hmm. you kind of tied them. Uh, it's a bit of a different technique to what you see a lot of people. Is that how you wrapped or is that how your coach wraps you? Um, it was a little bit of both. So I used to be initially like, I used to be like, um, you know, get up to the top, you know, pull the, the most recent wrap up a bit and then, you know, slide it under. Um, I used to do that. But then like every now and then you get to a point that you get to, to the top and it's like not enough wrap to slide under or it's just like it's just a pain in the ass like try to like slide it under so it ended up helping to have that little bow tie at the top you can just tie a knot and then you're good you don't have to worry about trying to like raise raise up the last revolution and try to like push the the wrap under mm-hmm. so um this is one of those things like um i had i had a friend of mine like show me that technique i ended up like liking it so i started to adopt it in my training every now and then um, I think I still remember how to do it. <laughs> it's been a while, but I think yeah, it's like riding a bicycle. I'm sure once I have it in my hands, yeah, like yeah. you know, problem. Um, so yeah, I find that to like work best for me because I didn't have to worry about like running out of running out of wraps or like the hassle of trying to like pick up, um, pick up the last revolution and try to slide the the wrap under. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd almost maybe at some point we can get you on the channel because I'd really like to see a, a demonstration of that technique. I'm not sure that I'm like familiar with it, so it'd be cool to see yeah. Uh, yeah, like, exactly sure, yeah. how you pull that off. I remember yeah. hearing in your videos you saying that you you don't even like your knee wraps too tight. Like You kind of like knee wraps even no. just snug because anything that makes it feel too too foreign and too mm-hmm. different from your raw squat, you kind of said, wasn't uh, wasn't for you. Um, yeah. And then with your with your squatting flats or heels, did you did you end up finding a preference? I know when you switched over to SBD, you were kind of humming and hawing about the the Titan shoes. Yeah, so um, definitely heels when it comes to squat. Yeah, um, it makes it so much easier to hit depth, and with wraps, that's like the most important thing. Um, well, very important. You gotta hit depth. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so anything that makes it easier for me to do so. You know, I, I do. So, like, um, heels just ended up working great for me. Um, I mean, I have, like, pretty good, like, ankle mobility uh, um, that I think I might be able to get away with flats. But, you know, whenever I started, um, you know, I was coached heels because it was easy to hit that up. So, like, it's just it's worked well for me. So I never questioned it. So I, I, I've been doing um, heels. Um, with raw lifting, I can go back and forth between, like, flats and heels. Um, okay. But um, but even like right now, the ones I've been using, the Titan shoes, um, both the front and the back are raised. So it's so it looks like the heels are big, but the heels are probably about like a, a quarter of an inch difference between the front and the back. So it's not much of a raised um, right. heel, but it's 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 just it's thirty shoes to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then going back to the wraps, yeah, man, I don't like my wraps tight, like. <laughs> So I'm squatting those weights like with like not loose wraps, but like just snug. So um, how many revolutions? Um, there's been. Do you know? Um, ugh, I don't. I don't know. I'm not man. sure. That's okay. That, that, That's that, would, that would. Yeah, that would vary. Um, so with the butterfly method, it's like 
about six. Um, so okay. that one, I, that one, I remember. With yep. the normal method, I don't remember. It just depends on who's cranking. Right, <laughs> the normal right. method. <laughs> with revolutions, it kind of have a technique to it. And for me, it usually takes about like six on a good day, like when it's really cranked up, like seven revolutions. Um, right. That's when you know, like we're going for a third attempt, like PR or something like that. Because right. um, there's, I mean, I remember there was a comp. Oh, so whenever I squatted seven hundred, my very last collegiate nationals, I, um, I had Ian Bell rap me for my mm -hmm. third attempt. Um, with the signature golds, man, he cranked that thing good, man. And like, I'm not a again, I'm not a fan of tight raps, but I was like, yo, this is 700. I was like, man, mess me up. That was, that was <laughs> that day, huh? I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm not, not gonna complain, man. I was like, I'll suck it up. Like, I don't care. Like, like, I, cause I mean, on meet day in competition, you got so much adrenaline, you're not worried about the pain of the reps. In practice, you know, in practice, I'm more of a titty baby. I'm like, ah, oh, that. It hurts. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it tight. But I'm beat there. I, I I'm not worried about that as much. I'm like, yo, whatever needs to be done, let's do it. So I, I can handle like tight wraps if I need to. But like whenever I'm lifting in the gym, like leisurely or whatever, I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to be dying. So it's like, like let's not kill me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Ryan always says, the wraps are the ammonia of the knee skin. Dude. Yeah, they are. Like it's like I I'm not worried about the weight on the bar. I'm like, oh my knees. I was like, I was like every, it's like nothing matters, nothing else matters. And I'm just like, man, knee pain, knee pain, knee pain. Let's go get this done. <laughs> get these wraps off of me. Man. Yeah. All right. So we have some common questions that we kind of ask all of our guests, and uh, we'll run through a couple of them here quick. Uh, what would you uh, identify as maybe your highlight of your lifting career so far? Oof. That's a tough question, man. Uh, definitely like stepping on the podium at the World Games um, as a junior. You know that that was that was huge for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, yes, I said I was salty because I didn't get the result that I wanted, but at the same time, like you know, it was kind of basically unheard of to have a junior going. Not only like competing at open worlds, but also like doing well enough at open worlds to make it to the world games um, at such a young age. So like, just I was very, very proud of myself to say the least to to um, get to that the biggest stage in powerlifting at such a young age. So that's always like one of the greatest greatest highlights um, for me. Uh, I mean, my powerlifting career. Yeah. Um, and then I would an, another. Oh, thank you. Um, another one would be whenever I defeated Mr. Perfect. That was that, that was a good day, man. <laughs> that was my, my first open. So yeah, yeah, it was my first open world championship for all or equipped. So that was that was huge, and it, it was it, again against the un, undefeated Mr. Perfect. So it made it even sweeter. I'm gonna go ahead and, and just like let everybody know my ignorance. But who's Mr. Perfect? Uh, so, Mr. Perfect is um, Sergei Glykic. Okay. He does he does equip as well. Okay. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's also while I was while I was still doing equipped, he was the open 66 kilo world champion from Russia. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think so. Still yes, holds the total so record. He, yes, yes, yes. I believe he does. Um, so that's another unfinished business right there. I was like, <laughs> okay. oh, I got, 
Yeah. So, so yeah. So I dethroned him. Raw. I'll send you images of on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So I dethroned him in the raw stage, and I was like, man, I was like, I never got my 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 kingship in the open equipped division. So that's yeah. You, yeah. You send me those texts, man. Send me those videos, man. You might you <laughs> might right, start right. some. You, you right, might start like some. It. You don't want to see. You're, you're gonna. Oh, you're no, gonna I want to see it. Definitely want to see it. Maybe, the, maybe the other sixty-six guys don't want to see it, but everybody else okay in the other weight classes they want to see it. Yeah. So that that's that's one thing I want to go is set the world record in the um, open equipped division for sixty-six and set the the squat record as well. I feel like I have a good shot at the squat record of mm-hmm. seven twenty-five or seven twenty, whatever it is. Um, and I've gotten much much stronger because like whenever I hit seven hundred, my raw squat max was about five fifty ish. And now mm-hmm. I can raw squat over 600. So I feel like, you know, do, do the numbers. Like, I should be able to squat potentially, like, 350 keys. Um, yeah. That would be – and that would be nuts. Like, <laughs> yeah. if I was to do that as a 66 lifter. Um, so, yeah. We'll see, man. We'll see, man. Yeah, I'm, glad I, we got, I, I'm glad we got the gears turning a little bit here. Good. You, good. you really did. You really did. It's, 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 been, it's been buried for quite a while, but now you got my, you got my wheels spinning, dude. Uh. So to, to depart and kind of play the counterpart to that, what would you say is the lowest point of your lifting career? And what, if anything, did you, did you kind of learn from it? Or how did that, you know, uh, maybe inevitably kind of help you moving forward? Oh man. So Okay, so I would say one of my biggest lows cuz actually I actually cried at this competition, man, and I never cry. I don't even have teardrops. I don't they're gone. <laughs> um I don't have tear glands, man. Um it was my first open worlds um okay. equipped. Um I ended up placing I ended up placing second. I lost to um, um, to the lifter from Chinese Taipei. Um, um, I don't know how to say his name right, but I know his name. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about? Um, say. Say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, again, I'm a gold-driven person. I approached that um, open world expecting to walk away as the world champ. And, um, I, and I gave it a good fight. I ended up getting the second. Um, but... I was crushed. <laughs> I wanted it bad, man. I really did. Uh, Cause I already had the junior world championship title uh, under my belt. And I, I felt like I was ready to take that next step and, you know, get that open world championship title. And mm-hmm. for for you to, for me to be so close and then come short, man, it killed me. Um, so that, that was a big heartbreak for me. And like, you know, but it motivated me at the same time to like, I like to like never let that happen again basically right. um so you know you know I I took the defeat went home you know reevaluated some things like and you know it just like lit a fire like just keep, like keep me going and like try to redeem myself next time I stepped on that stage and I knew I was gonna get my rematch at the world games because obviously he won so he made it to the world games because uh, this was 2017. I mean, this okay. was no. This is twenty um, sixteen. Sorry, this is twenty sixteen. year, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, so I knew I was gonna get a chance to get my rematch at the World Games, and best believe, like 
that was one of my goals was to beat him, and I did just that. Right. Um. So I think he placed like I don't, I don't remember where he placed, but in the sixty six amongst the sixty six lifters that were there, um, I beat him. So I was like, go check. <laughs> I was on like, to the next one. Yeah. On to the next. But then and then um the Getty came and. <laughs> he's like uh uh-uh. uh he's like where you think you're going it's like I'm still here man oh, so man. It, so that World Games is bittersweet but you know um so yes that ended up being one of my highs and then with the with the 2016 Open World Championship being one of my my biggest lows because um mm-hmm. I was just disappointed that I fell short of my goal of earning that um, open world title in the in the equipped division, which is one thing that's that, that's left unchecked in my powerlifting career that I, that really upsets me. <laughs> yeah, well, it's still there. Yeah, it's still there open, for the taking. Open world man. championships yeah. will be there. I know, I know, man. Hey, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing, man. Stop it. I'm not. I'm not trying to hide it very well. <laughs> so you like planting those seeds in my head, man. Stop it, man. So who would you say maybe some of your biggest inspirations have been? Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be powerlifters, but uh, throughout the years, who have been people have kind of inspired you? Um, when I started, definitely um, Preston Turner and Ian Bell. Um, they were both um, world champions, world champions um, whenever I started powerlifting, and they were basically my mentors whenever I started because uh, we were on the same team. Um, I learned a lot of what I know about powerlifting and about quick powerlifting from both of them um so starting off those guys were like my biggest like mentors and like um 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 inspirations and then to be honest my greatest inspirations were always my competitors like whoever was the best in whatever division that i set my sights on like lit the fire underneath me to like do the like make do the work to that's gonna require to like replace them <laughs> so you know it is one of those things that like you know i always looked up to whoever was at the top um in, where in, where in whatever division i was at so whenever i started collegiate powerlifting it was um james vang that was at the top of the 66 um, kilo weight class in the u.s um so he was my biggest in- inspiration and then once i beat once i beat him it was like okay Who's next? Um, and then that was um, whoever the junior world champ was. I, I can't remember at the time. Um, so I set my sights on that person and then defeated him. So on to the next. So I'm just one of those, like, I'm a, I'm a go-driven person. I, and once I set my sights on a target, like, you're my biggest inspiration. And until I, I beat you, you're going to be my inspiration. <laughs> and then once it's done, it's like, all right, what, what's next? What's next, man? So that's just how I am, man. Like, I, I just set my sights on something and I just try to go get it. Awesome. Um, so if there was sort of one piece of advice you could give yourself if you were to, to speak to Charles just starting powerlifting however many years ago, um, what would you, what, what sort of wisdom would you kind of give yourself? <laughs> I'd say put that donut down, man. Stop eating. <laughs> <laughs> That was solve all of my troubles, like literally. Um, but yeah, on a, I guess on a more serious note, like I would definitely tell myself to 
I would have told myself to take my recovery and my rehab more seriously, or like my injury progression more seriously. Because right now, at this point in my career, like I've had plenty of injuries, um, some that I was able to get past completely, and just some that have stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, as 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 a younger individual, you know, you have that mindset of like, oh, I'm good, I can get past it, I'm tough, whatever. Like, I don't need I don't need any help. Like, I'll be all right. Now I would have smacked myself, like, yo, what are you doing, man? I was like, you're doing, you're doing some damage. Um, so I would have definitely told myself to, like, you know, take better care of my body and um, incorporate more treatment and recovery modalities mm-hmm. just to make sure my body was healthy in the long run. Because um, I'm definitely paying the price for some of the decisions that I made in the past. Um, yeah. And I'm just having to try to work around it, which is what inspired me to go to physical therapy school in the first place, um, is so I can one further prevent any upcoming injuries for myself and you know try to correct the damage that's already been done and also like teach others like how to do so and like let them know like you got to take your injury seriously and also injury prevention is like one of the most important things you can do so i want to try to preach that and incorporate that into like any program and any training that i do mm-hmm. um and yeah that's what i would tell myself man just be smart don't be stupid with your um with your rehab and recovery Seems like a pretty common theme. I think the the answer to that question is 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 often something along those lines. I think with most of our guests. So yeah, anybody yeah. out there listening, maybe just getting into lifting, that's a hint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I always, I always tell like clients, or like, um, like, yo, if anything happens, I don't care how little. Like, let me know, and like, mm-hmm. you know, take those steps back. Like, it's it's much much easier if you just like take care of it the first time. And then if you like try to drag like drag it on, like because you can do you can be doing some major damage that you know you're gonna be paying the price for like later down the road. Um, so yeah, I definitely try to like I try to I try to push that as much as I can. Sure. All right, I think last uh, last question for you would be: uh, Do you have any concrete goals you're kind of looking for right now? Ah, oh, dude, so many goals, man. I'm a goal-driven person. <laughs> um so i got life goals lifting goals like just so as far as like life goals go man like so again right now my priority is being successful um in whatever field i, I decided to like venture into and mm-hmm. for me right now it's you know physical therapy so you know my immediate well sort of immediate like goal is to finish uh physical therapy school and then after that, um, establish my own practice. Um, that way, you know, I'm, you know, I'm my own boss. I'm, I'm a, you know, entrepreneur in my field and, you know, be a successful PT and like just, and, and strength coach at the same time. Um, so, you know, that's like my, my big like life goal. And also like, like everybody else out there, you know, just you know, live a happy life. That's, that's a life goal as well, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I'm a big believer in like, do what you love. Um, like, so like, I want to make sure I stay on that path and like basically just continue to do like the things I enjoy to do. I enjoy doing and hopefully make some money out of it. Like powerlifting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then as far as like powerlifting goes specific, um, you know, my goal is to basically like, be healthy. Um, 
I'm not gonna say stay healthy because I'm not quite healthy yet. Um, I want to I want to get healthy and then like you know just continue to enjoy doing the sport. Like I, I would say like be number one because like I want to be number one overall. Like don't don't, don't get me wrong because I was I was so close. Um, because like 20, 2019, after after um Raw Worlds in Sweden, I was mm-hmm. ranked number four overall across all the weight classes. Um, behind Brett Gibbs, Russell Orhi, and Taylor Atwood. So my goal going into like Sheffield in 2020 was to be number one all across the board. Uh, but then they went and switched up the formula on me. So now I'm just like, man, I was like, I was like, I, it makes me almost like not care about like the ranking overall anymore because like it can it can change at the drop of a dime, which is super yeah. annoying. Um, because from, like, now top ten to fortieth. Yeah, 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 that type of thing. So, so it's just stuff like that. Uh, um, you know, it, it it definitely like makes it definitely shifts your your priority and it shifts your mindset like a mm-hmm. little bit. I'm not gonna lie, because like I'm like, what's the point of me busting my ass to try to get up to like number one in the world, and then you just you can just go out there and change the formula, and now like it is it's it's whatever. So mm-hmm. it loses its significance and it loses its impact. So that's another reason why, like, you know, I'm just, like, focused on my personal growth at this point, man. As long as I'm able to get stronger and stronger every year um, and I'm healthy, shoot, I'm good, man. I'm happy. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think that's really, again, like a really mature perspective on things that, uh, you know, hopefully will keep you in the sport for many, many years and take you back to the World Games and get you that uh, (laughs) Open World Championship and all that kind of stuff, you know? (laughs) Hey, hey, are they also using the the good live formula at Equipped as well? Uh, I think that's a, like, federation-wide thing, hey, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so give give me a straight answer. Yes. Yes. Yes, okay, yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So right now, I don't even know where I, where I would rank. To be honest, now that I think about it, because I mm-hmm. knew where I was before, I had a pretty good grasp. Mm-hmm. Um. But now I'm like, I don't even freaking know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if it's one of those things, like, if it's one of those things, that I look at the numbers and where like the rankings are, and like I'm not even where I thought I would be. Mm-hmm. Then, again, it would lose its its luster. So right, right. let's see. We'll see. Um, I would def- there's definitely a lot of moving pieces that I would need to have in front of me to like make that decision. But mm-hmm. hey, if if the new formula screwed it all up, then it might never see me back in in, in open equipment. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, man. Hey, they're they're messing with me, man. They're messing yeah. with me. They're, yeah, there's, like, no, there's, no, there's no stability, man. Whenever you take that away, because cause, I mean, shoot, like. For, from I mean, looking at it from our perspective as as lifters, you know, we bust our ass to like to get to a certain place, to get to a certain point. So it's not comforting to know that you can bust your ass, do all this work, and then they change the formula, and then now you're in God knows where. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so it's like for some people it might be beneficial, but for usually for me as a smaller, um, as a lighter um, lifter, that usually doesn't work work out well for me. Um, as far as the formula, because I mean, because it's one of those conversations I've had many, many times, like pound for pound. Like, I know pound for pound, I, I've been at a point in my in my, in my career that I, I I was the best 
overall, like regardless, like when you compare like my, my current body weight to the amount of weight that I lifted. So it was always unsettling to me that, you know, despite that fact, <laughs> somebody could just like put a random formula and then it's like, I'm at, I'm at their mercy, basically. Um, so that's like little stuff like that has, has just like made a mental shift um, mm-hmm. for me already in focus because then it's like it loses its luster and it loses its weight um as yeah, far as like how important it, it is to me and in my life um that's why i'm saying like you know for me right now it's more so a matter of personal growth sometimes like i'm getting stronger and i'm happy like mm-hmm. i see the, the the objective growth in like in my performance and in my strength like stuff like that Hey, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be satisfied, man. Because I right now, like the most important thing for me is just being successful in life in general, instead yeah. of just like being powerlifting, um, and more so the impact that I make in like other people's lives, um, and helping them reach their goals in fitness and just general well being and stuff like that. Yeah, totally, man. So. If uh, if anybody listening out there wants to find you or find out more about you or your coaching or or you know um, you know your your practice once it's once it's there uh, where can where can people find you and kind of follow along with your journey as you as you go through all these goals? Mm-hmm. Um, easiest place to find me would probably be like my social media. Um, so I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on YouTube, all as Charles Opoco, um, and then I have a website as well called oifit.com. That, start, that stands for Opoco Infinite Fitness. Um, so those are all the, the avenues that people can reach out to me and um, find me for coaching and everything included. Awesome, man. Cool. Well, I want to give you a big uh, a big thank you for spending part of your your very busy weekend with us and and uh, talking some shop and and uh, talking about equipped lifting with us. Yeah, man. Thank you for so much for having me on, man. This is actually a blast. So awesome. Great start to my day, man. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear that, man. Yeah. And definitely looking forward to doing this again in the future. Beautiful. Hey, okay. it, it might be having a conversation about my um, my return to the equip world. Like, who knows? Oh, we will. We will be. For sure. <laughs> So we'll see, man. And then if I end up in freaking Canada, then I'm gonna have to stop by your gym or something. So absolutely, we'll absolutely, yeah. man. You can teach me how to bow tie my knee wraps. <laughs> hey, no problem. We can we can do that. You can teach me how to deadlift in a, in a freaking deadlift suit. So hey, win win for both parties. Beautiful, man. Okay. Well, I hope you have a really good rest of your weekend. And uh, and thanks again, buddy. Thanks, man. You too. All right, we want to thank you for listening to the Equipped, Bruised, and Tired podcast. We're going to be available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever fine podcasts are found. So make sure to leave your five-star rating if you enjoyed the show and a review as well and or check out our video version of the show on our YouTube channel. If you have any questions for ourselves, guest suggestions, or questions for our guests, you can go ahead and contact us at equippedbruisedtired at gmail.com and make sure to do your part to spread the word of the equipped renaissance. We'll see you next time.